New moves to close a major loophole. Lawmakers pressing President Biden to take action as they work to avoid helping Beijing make strides in the semiconductor race. Will President Joe Biden soon meet China's Xi Jinping? Reports say plans are already in the works and scheduled for next month in San Francisco. A company under Chinese shopping giant Alibaba facing questions from Belgium. Authorities there say they've been monitoring the logistics hub for signs of spying. That could give China an edge. And a near collision in the South China Sea. Which forced the commanding officer to stop its engine. What led to the dangerous maneuver? Welcome to China In Focus. I'm Tiffany Meyer. New pressure on the Biden administration. Lawmakers are calling on Washington to restrict American companies from contributing to a key technology, one that could help Beijing in its semiconductor race with the U.S. Here's more. New calls for the White House to take action. Lawmakers are pressuring President Biden to restrict American companies from working on a key type of chip technology. It's free, open source, and widely used in China. Senators Marco Rubio and Mark Warner are concerned that open collaboration between American and Chinese companies could help Beijing get ahead and become self-sufficient in semiconductor technology. The technology in question is called RISC-V. It can power chips used in artificial intelligence and other military weapons. Underpinning those concerns is the U.S.-China fight over semiconductor tech. Whoever takes the lead would be more likely to dominate on a future battlefield, as chips power everything from iPhones to fighter jets and missile systems. The Chinese military has been relying on U.S. chip technology and products to advance its military power. The U.S. took action to stop it, rolling out sanctions to prevent Beijing from getting its hands on advanced chips made with U.S. technology. Back to the RISC-V technology. China has been investing in it in an effort to get around U.S. sanctions and become self-sufficient. Chinese tech giant Huawei also embraced the tech as a pillar of China's progress in developing its own chips. Huawei recently rolled out a new phone. And there's been a lot of discussion about whether it was made with 5G chips made in China. Because if so, it could mean China's semiconductor industry has made significant advances. It would also suggest U.S. sanctions against Huawei are losing their teeth. Washington is weighing new sanctions on U.S. chip-making equipment exports to China. An in-person meeting between President Biden and Chinese leader Xi Jinping may be on the horizon. According to the Washington Post, the White House is already making plans for the face-to-face -face talks as the two countries seek to smooth tensions. The potential meeting would take place at the APEC summit in San Francisco next month. But so far, China hasn't confirmed whether Xi will attend. If the talks do happen, it would be the second in-person meeting between the two leaders. They last met in Bali last November at a G20 summit. Ties between the world's two largest economies have been strained in recent years due to issues like Taiwan, allegations of spying and human rights violations, among other issues. The Biden administration has been working to repair ties with China. Top U.S. officials like Secretary of State Antony Blinken and Commerce Secretary Gina Raimondo have visited Beijing in recent months. More Washington officials seeking talks with Beijing. House Majority Leader Chuck Schumer is leading a bipartisan delegation to China next week. But will the discussion ease the tensions between the superpowers? Let's zoom in. 
More and more U.S. officials are visiting China this year, and some lawmakers are taking issues with the trips. Senator Rick Scott is urging the House to pass a bill to block Congress from using taxpayer dollars on official visits to communist China. The proposal comes just days ahead Majority Leader Chuck Schumer's China trip. He's said to bring up human rights abuses with Beijing, as well as China-made fentanyl precursors surging into America. Senator Scott took aim in the planned visit, saying nothing Chuck Schumer says will stop communist China's human rights abuses. He also touched on the fentanyl shipments and referred to Chinese leader Xi Jinping as a quote murderous dictator. The term dictator has been repeatedly used to describe China's Communist Party head, following President Biden's use of it in recent months. He made the comment while talking about the Chinese spy balloon incident. Back to Schumer, he's reportedly looking to highlight the full scope of the White House's China policy, which is staying harsh on known points of contention while lining up opportunities to expand communication. But a number of lawmakers accused the game plan of looking weak to Beijing. Worth noting, Beijing-linked hackers have attacked the email accounts of senior U.S. officials ahead of or during trips to China. That's including the U.S. ambassador to China and Commerce Secretary Gina Raimondo. An international consultancy firm with a focus on China says it has satisfied a Chinese probe. Cap Vision says Beijing regulators have completed their rectification of the firm. In a statement issued on Tuesday, CapVision explained that it made significant changes to its compliance system with guidance from the state, and that authorities reviewed and approved the changes. Here's some context. Beijing has been increasingly vocal about international business consultants posing a possible threat to national security. That's because they were suspected of giving sensitive information to their clients. Capvision was a prominent target of the Chinese regime's recent anti-espionage clampdown. The firm's office was raided by police earlier this year. Beijing also probed consultancy firm Bain & Company and due diligence group Mintz. Is Beijing sneaking military personnel into the U.S. through the southern border? The surge in illegal Chinese migrants is reigniting concerns. Many are military-aged, and it's fueling debate on a potential new kind of border crisis. What's at risk for national security? We spoke to retired General Robert Spaulding, an Epic Times contributor and senior fellow at the Hudson Institute, for details. Speaking of China and fentanyl, one demographic of people coming across that's been reported a lot on are military-aged Chinese men. Why do you think they're coming over in such large numbers now? Well, you know, that's the thing that really concerns me because there is an exit ban uh, in China, and it's not easy for a Chinese person to uh, get approval to leave the country. It's something that they have to, each person has to be approved. And so if there is an exit ban going on in China by the Chinese Communist Party, then uh, how are these people, you know, forget about the fact that they're coming through the U.S. southern border. How are they actually getting out of China? That's what I would like to know. And uh, if the Chinese Communist Party had the intent to infiltrate uh, our society through the southern border, then, you know, they would have a reason to let people out of China. And so this is a big question that I think the American people deserve an answer uh, to. We need to round some of these people up and question them. We certainly shouldn't just uh, assume they're here on um, some kind of refugee status or they're trying to flee the Chinese Communist Party. Some of them very, very well may be trying to do that. 
That being said, we need to actually understand, because uh, the Chinese Communist Party is an enemy, we need to understand what each and every one of them are doing. And again, they should not be released into our society. And on that note, some national security experts are actually saying our border crisis is being exploited by countries like China. Do you see that being the case here? Well, not just China. I mean, you have people coming literally from all over the world. Some of them could be terrorists. Some of them could be um, uh, drug traffickers or human traffickers. These are all things that, you know, come when you have a border that's not being protected. An escalation in the hotly contested South China Sea. A Chinese Coast Guard ship almost collided with a Filipino ship there, getting as close as three feet. Which forced the commanding officer to stop its engine and to um, reverse its engine so that he won't be able to um, ram the China Coast Guard vessel. The Chinese ship had tried to block the Filipino ship from supplying its troops on a disputed atoll. Both China and the Philippines claimed the atoll as their own. They have carry out, carried out dangerous maneuver and blocking operations to the Philippine Coast Guard to prevent our routine operation in providing supply for our military troops. This comes after a series of provocative moves from Beijing. Chinese Coast Guard ships recently deployed floating barriers in the South China Sea, aiming to prevent Filipino ships from nearing the disputed territory. Last month, a Chinese Coast Guard ship sprayed a Philippine vessel with a water cannon. China called it a warning for the Philippines. Espionage questions are floating around Chinese shopping giant Alibaba. Belgium's intelligence service says it's been watching a logistics hub under the company. The hub operates out of Europe's fifth largest cargo airport in eastern Belgium and sends products sold by online shopping platform AliExpress to customers across Europe. The hub opened back in 2018 when the country signed an over $100 million investment deal with the company. The agreement was expected to help boost Belgium's economy and close its trade gap with China. That gap has more than doubled from 2021 to 2022. According to the Financial Times, Belgium security officials have been investigating possible espionage and or interference activities linked to Chinese entities, including Alibaba. The main concern involves Chinese law. Under it, Beijing can demand that Chinese companies hand over their data, and that could give the Chinese regime insight into supply chains, European trade data, and potential vulnerabilities, plus data on consumers. The Belgium agency says Beijing has the intent and capacity to use this data for non-commercial purposes. Alibaba voiced plans last month to list the logistics company on the Hong Kong Stock Exchange. Alibaba and its logistics hub deny wrongdoing. A prime minister from the Balkans has an urgent message. Today's Ukraine could be our tomorrow. Amid rising threats from Russia and China, the leader of Montenegro is asking for a special favor from the European Union to bolster security in the southeastern Europe's Balkans. Here's more. Today we have the situation when Russia Federation make aggression on Ukraine. Tomorrow, same things can happen in Western Balkans. Speaking at a security forum in Poland earlier this week, Montenegro's prime minister warned that EU should keep its doors open for new members. If we want to have more protection and more feeling of security and safety, I think that EU should come to that decision to make the enlargement process alive again. Six Balkan countries, including Serbia, Kosovo, 
Bosnia and Montenegro are at different stages of integration into the bloc. That process has stalled since 2013, when Balkan state Croatia became the EU's newest member. Now with Russia's war in Ukraine, integration of the Western Balkans appear to carry a new geopolitical urgency. If we don't do that, we will give the opportunity for the impact of Russia, for the impact of China. Ukraine also is seeking to join the bloc. Coming up, reports of Chinese espionage targeting U.S. military bases under investigation by Oversight Committee Chair James Comer and others. Under Beijing's national intelligence law, Chinese nationals are compelled to cooperate with the Chinese Communist Party even when they're living abroad. And back in August, the Justice Department arrested and charged two U.S. Navy sailors for delivering military secrets to Chinese intelligence officers. With national security on the line, what lies ahead for U.S.-China relations? To discuss, we sat down with Adam Savitt, the director of China Policy Initiative at AFPI. More on that after the break, here on China in Focus. Welcome back to China in Focus. I'm Tiffany Meyer. Oversight Committee Chair James Comer and others now looking into reports of Chinese espionage efforts to target U.S. military bases. What does this mean for our national security? And how should Washington navigate U.S.-China relations going forward? We spoke to Adam Savitt, the director of China Policy Initiative at AFPI, for more. Adam Savitt, thank you so much for joining us. Great to have you on the show. Thanks for having me. Lawmakers are investigating reports of Chinese nationals and all these espionage efforts against U.S. military bases in particular. How serious of a threat is this? It's very serious. And the main thing we have to take away from this situation is that any gap we leave in our national security or civil uh, security is going to be exploited by the CCP, and they're very good at it. So, yes. Uh, perhaps 100 cases of this gate crashing, they're calling it, uh, where a, a Chinese citizen will show up at the gate of a military base. They pretend to be uh, tourists in many cases. They're looking for a McDonald's or a Burger King. That's literally happened. And they say, oh, I got turned around, you know, and they got stopped at the military uh, base. But there are more sophisticated um, uh, examples going on as well. For example, uh, some Chinese nationals were found scuba diving off of Cape Canaveral, which, of course, uh, off the coast of Florida, which is a, a very important space installation, also important to national security. And we just have to see this as all of a piece of their penetration of our security. Of course, the most graphic example being the uh, spy balloon, which passed over our country earlier this year, uh, including over military sites, including uh, missile silos in the upper Midwest, uh, Air, Air Force bases before it was shot down over the Atlantic, but also examples, the acquisition of farmland or other real estate, which is near military bases, which is near critical infrastructure. One example being North Dakota, where the CCP acquired a, a, a farm-related facility, which was close to an Air Force base. So there's all sorts of vectors this is coming from. And again, if we leave any space open, they're going to exploit it. And Adam, under China's national intelligence law, Chinese nationals are required by law to help the Chinese intelligence officials, even if they live abroad. What kind of national security concerns does that raise for us here in America? Very important concerns because, you know, we think when we travel abroad, we are individual actors. We're on vacation or on business and doing what we need to do for our own lives. Now, unfortunately, 
you know, Chinese citizens are, are, are human and innocent like us. The problem is their government exploits them. So if they're here as uh, students or on vacation or whatever it might be, they can be leveraged and exploited by their own government. They're the first victims of, of communism. Even if a Chinese citizen is not interested in gathering intelligence or sabotage of our critical facilities, when they get home, all of them are going to be debriefed and interrogated by the CCP. And zooming out, how do you see these instances fitting into the broader U.S.-China relations? This is crucial to U.S.-China relations because these sort of operations undermine any sort of trust that is supposedly being built between uh, our two countries. So look at the relationship. Would they uh, extend the same courtesies that we would extend to them? You know, would we operate an overseas uh, police station to monitor and uh, our citizens in China and influence them? Of course we wouldn't. That is the activities of a uh, an uncivil state with uh, um, malign uh, intent. And as long as they are showing that face to us in our domestic space, it's going to completely undermine any trust that we supposedly can have in them in international relations. And expanding on your point, a bipartisan group of U.S. senators is planning a trip to China next week. They're hoping to meet with Xi Jinping and kind of settle some of these relations between the two sides. But as the 2024 election cycle ramps up, what should our policy, our China policy, look like, whatever the next administration is? At core of our China policy should be the strength of the United States. Our ideal situation should be that the United States is so strong and vibrant that our uh, economic supply chains are detached from China, that we have our own native energy security. In an ideal world, we wouldn't need to have these delegations, which inevitably are used by the CCP regime as propaganda opportunities against us when we know they're not dealing in good faith with our government. And Adam, with all the various topics covered today, any final thoughts you'd like to share? Yes, I'd just like to underline the fact that this comes down to the American fabric. This comes down to our energy security, uh, our strategic decoupling uh, from the Chinese economy. Uh, there have been some good moves. For example, the Biden administration uh, did have an executive order that will next year put some curbs on the uh, outgoing investment from the United States into sensitive tech sectors in China, such as quantum computing, AI and uh, semiconductor industry. And we need to expand that out. We need to start at the most sophisticated products and we need to work our way down and to uh, end our dependence on the Chinese economy. Adam Savitt, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much. That's all for today's China In Focus. I'm Tiffany Meyer. If you have any feedback on the show or have something you'd like to see us cover, send us an email at chinainfocusntd.com. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks for watching. See you soon.